Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Movie Nights Podcast. It's been a hot minute since we've done an episode, and it is just me today, but um, it is great to be back. Thank you, all seven of you who are watching this. Um, I'll probably put this one on Facebook as well, since it has been a while. But uh, to give you some updates as to why we've been missing for a minute there, was a bunch of crazy shit happened. So we went to the Hollywood, Florida Film Festival to watch the festival premiere of The Long Hard Day, and it did very well. Uh, very proud of that and very happy. And then I flew out to Los Angeles to watch the theatrical premiere of No More Safe Haven, the film that we did in the end of 2017, which was just an incredible experience. And um, it was really amazing. And just with all that schedule stuff happening, with my full-time job in the mix, it was just hard to really sit down and crack out a few episodes of the podcast. But the good news is next week, I will actually this week, I will be at San Diego Comic-Con and I'm going to try and bring some stuff with me and possibly put out some stuff of the cool things I see while I'm at Comic-Con. At least that's the plan, but you know how plans go. They never really happen. So um, for sure when I get back, we'll do an episode about it, but hopefully while I'm there from the hotel, I can give you some news updates about everything I saw at Comic-Con this year because I'm very, very excited to go. So with all the intros out of the way, let's go ahead and get right into the box office of the last weekend. All right. Coming in at number one, which is no surprise, in its second week was Spider-Man Far From Home, the Sony and Marvel production distribution whole deal thingy that's incredible. Um, Coming in second place was Toy Story 4, racking in another $20 million. Coming in third in its opening weekend was Crawl, making $12 million in its opening with a budget of $13.5, so that's looking pretty good. That should get a nice return for the studio, little low-budget horror film. Coming in fourth was Stuber, only making $8 million. I know that that was probably well below studio projections for that film. And coming in fifth was Yesterday, racking in another $6.7 million. Um, pretty standard top five. Um, Spider-Man is the clear winner of that weekend. But uh, Crawl making $12 million is is actually pretty good for that little horror movie. Um, I love that horror is really kind of booming right now. Uh, I'm a big fan of horror films, especially good horror films. And, you know, being able to crack out movies with a smaller budget and see the return, which Blumhouse in particular is great at. I don't think Crawl with Blumhouse, but just saying Blumhouse is particularly great at making that happen. Um, seeing that was a really cool and interesting thing, and I just I just love that horror movies are doing well. Um, <clears throat> Stuber only making eight is kind of sad, because I saw that movie in an early screening, as um, all seven of you who watch know, and I actually saw it again when it came out, because I really enjoyed it the first time. But the critical reception was not really what I anticipated. I didn't expect to be in the minority and liking that film, but I thought it was very, very funny. I just think it's an overall-around good movie, too. And seeing it the second time, I felt the same way. And um, I, it, it's really sad that it's only making $8 million. I, I, I highly encourage you guys to go and try and check out Stuber. I thought it was actually a really well-done comedy film, especially the chemistry between the two leads of Camille Nanjani and Dave Bautista. Obviously, I love Spider-Man Far From Home. I didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show, but oh my god. Loved it, especially that mid-credit scene. So great. I'm going to go ahead and move on to our first story, and that is this morning I woke up to find that a brand new trailer, teaser trailer, first teaser trailer for the new Kingsman movie has come out. But it's not just any Kingsman film. It is a prequel film called The King's Man, and it looks like a period piece set in either World War I or World War II. I couldn't really tell, but um, it looks... Really incredible. Matthew Vaughn is returning as the director. I love Matthew Vaughn and all of his work. Um, Ray Fiennes looks like to be the Colin Firth character in this scenario, which, yes, I mean, he's one of the best actors working today. 
And um, I haven't really seen him do a crazy action sequence, so hopefully they give us one like they did Colin Firth. Um, but yeah, the movie um, seems a little bit different in tone. Again, this is only the first teaser trailer, so this could really be just a good marketing thing, or maybe the tone of this movie is drastically different from the other two Kingsman films. But either way, I'm really glad that they've decided to put a prequel film in between Kingsman 2 and 3, because we do know that Matthew Vaughn is going to make a third Kings, a proper third Kingsman movie with Taron Egerton returning. Um, the reason I'm happy about this is because what I find with a lot of filmmakers when they take on big franchises is if they get stuck in the zone of making the same movie and then the sequel and then the sequel again, a lot of the times you'll get a couple good movies, but then they fall off the trail and the last movie they do in the franchise is either not good or just not as on par as the other two films. Um, two examples that I can think of with that is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy, for example. Spider-Man 1 is a really good movie. Spider-Man 2 is a great movie. Spider-Man 3, not so much. Now, I like that movie more than most people do, but still, it's not that great of a film, especially when compared to Spider-Man 1 and 2. Another example is when Brian Singer came back to direct the X-Men films with X-Men Days of Future Past which was an incredible film, and he followed it up with X-Men Apocalypse, which I still think is a good movie, but everyone agrees, especially those who dislike X-Men Apocalypse, that it was nowhere near on the same level as X-Men Days of Future Past. And I just think when you get your creative juices like tied into a knot of a single franchise, it can really slow you down. And for example, Christopher Nolan, when he did Batman Begins, in between The Dark Knight, he did The Prestige. Then he did The Dark Knight. Then he did Inception. Then he did The Dark Knight Rises. And I think by just allowing him to creatively work on something else, you can bring something new to the table with each film that you make. And But you might be asking, well, if that's what you think is good, then how come Matthew Vaughn's making another Kingsman movie and you're using this argument? Because it's not Kingsman 3. It is a movie that is going to have pretty much no effect on the current storyline that's happening, and it looks like a very different movie. And I think by... Matthew Vaughn gets a win-win because he gets to rebrand the Kingsman name after the slightly disappointing Kingsman 2, and he gets to just take a break from the creative juices and thinking of the proper Kingsman franchise by doing a film in the same world, but just outside the realm of what's going on over here to really kind of rekindle his brain and revamp him to get him stoked and ready for Kingsman 3. I think this is nothing but great news, and I think that creatively it's going to help Matthew Vaughn really knock it out of the park with not only this film but with Kingsman 3 as well. So I'm very much so looking forward to The King's Man, which comes out in February of 2020, and for Kingsman 3, whenever that film is going to be ready, probably not for another year or two after that. Um, the first news story, I have The Hollywood Reporter up on my laptop, and Austin Butler has been cast as Elvis in the Baz Luhrmann Elvis biopic. And uh, last week, a short list of people had come out as to potentially play Elvis Presley in a biopic with names like Miles Teller, and Angela Elgort and Aaron Taylor Johnson on that list. And it got a lot of people interesting, a lot of people talking like, hey, who could make a really good Elvis Presley? Like, who could really step in and, you know, fill the blue suede shoes of the king of rock and roll? And um, a lot of people putting out their bets, and um, no one really expected it to be Austin Butler, but he's the one who's been cast. Now, at first, I didn't really know who Austin Butler was, but then I looked him up on IMDb, and it turns out he was on tons of Zoe 101 episodes, so I'm sure I've seen him on there when I was younger and watched that show. Also with the Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. I don't know if any people in my generation watched that show, but I did. And so if he was on there and Zoe 101, then I clearly have seen him act. I just don't vividly remember seeing him act. 
But uh, he's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which comes out in a few weeks. And he's also in The Dead Don't Die, which I haven't seen, but Ryan has. And Ryan loves that movie. So apparently he's been getting work. And now if he's clearly getting the attention of a filmmaker who had those other wonderful names on a list and he beat them out, that's nothing but a good sign for this film. And um, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the film is going to focus on Elvis's relationship with... Tom Parker, who is his longtime manager, who is going to be played by Tom Hanks, actually, which, you know, that's never a bad idea to add Tom Hanks to your movie. But um, it's going to be mostly about seeing the relationship between Elvis and Tom Parker throughout their lives. And I think that's a really fascinating concept, especially with the popularity of the musical biopic right now. And um, I think that seeing Elvis's story told in that way is going to be interesting. And I'm curious as to the um, visual style and thematically how it's going to feel because you know as the movie gets into production and we see trailers in a couple months then we'll kind of get a little feel as to what that's going to be so i'm very curious about that but what are your guys' thoughts on austin butler um, winning out the role of elvis i'd love to hear about it moving on to our next and final story this is going to be a really short episode today um, damon chazelle is looking to cast emma stone for his next film called Babylon. We might have covered this movie briefly in a pre- previous episode. I don't exactly remember. But in just in case we didn't, I'm going to go ahead and tell you um, Damien Chazelle's next project is going to be called Babylon, or Babylon, however you want to pronounce it. And it's set in the 1920s, and it takes place in between the silent film era and the talkie film era. So it's inferred that it's going to be about um, the transition of silent films to talkies. And um, that's a very popular topic in cinematic history, not only just in actual history, but in movies like Singing in the Rain, they also covered that, which is a wonderful movie if you've never seen it. And coming from the director of La La Land, a movie that I absolutely adore, he's obviously going to want to dip his toes into some of that success and bring Emma Stone into that film. Um, I am all but excited for this movie. I think that, or I'm sorry, I should rephrase, I'm very, very excited for this movie. And I think that it's a great idea for him to go back and grab Emma Stone and see how they can, you know, work together and bring more cinematic magic to the screen. Um, He most recently did First Man, which I adored, but it didn't connect with most audiences like it connected with me, but I thought it was a great film. I also love Whiplash and La La Land, his other most recent features. So I'm very much so looking forward to Babylon, and I'm really, really hoping that it can be on par with his other films, and I'm really excited to see him and Emma Stone work together. But I really want to know what you guys think about that, so please, you know, let us know your guys' thoughts on Emma Stone being cast in Babylon again. Um, and something else that I want to bring up before we go, like I did, like I said, very, very, very short episode today. Um, before we go, I do want to bring up that um, the Movie Nights are making another short film, which is very exciting. It's called Contrition. It's going to start shooting at the end of August. But we currently have an Indiegogo that's going until August 5th. And um, we shot a little no-budget trailer just as a concept for get to get people to contribute and donate on the Indiegogo, which I'm going to add here in just a second. But uh, also, in the um, description of this video, you're going to find a link to that Indiegogo page, and we ask that you please, please help contribute and donate to make this film happen. And also, there's several perks that you can sign up for to be a part of, that can get that some of which include even getting your name onto the film. So please contribute on Indiegogo, and here's a look at our little no-budget trailer right now.
Thank you guys so much for watching the trailer. Again, please donate on the Indiegogo if you can. And, uh, you know, right at about 10 minutes or so, we're going to wrap up this podcast. A very, very quick episode, like I said. Um, hopefully next time um, you'll see me in San Diego, and I'll be talking about all the amazing things I saw at Comic-Con. And uh, we'll see you next time.